You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl Janan right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now. So how is everybody doing today, man? I hope you guys are all doing phenomenal on this beautiful Thursday afternoon, I should say, by the time you guys listen to this from CFRU 93.3, 93.3 FM. Yes. Uh, and yes, like I've been saying for the past month, I feel like if you are uh, a listener from the Guelph and nearby regions, um, you like not to say that you are definitely a University of Guelph student out here, but you are most likely a university student listening to this. And like I've been saying, like I've said for the whole month, I feel like I've been saying, hey, guys, keep up the good work and good hustle because it's really I feel like all these motivational words can help people a lot and get them through the day. And I feel like this is the last bit of it. So hopefully after this week, things will be a little bit downhill for most of us out here grinding and hustling, trying to get through school and achieve great things um, academically. So, uh, yes, once again, if you're listening to this and you have exams coming up, uh, most probably next week and you have some last minute assignments to do listen to me you got this we can get through this and uh, the reward comes right after when you hand in your very last final exam and you have three full weeks to just relax for the winter break that is awesome so that is definitely one of the things that I'm going to be looking forward to uh, what else happened over this past week for me man so this is going to be really interesting uh, to talk about today on the show because I'm not sure if I've already mentioned this on our previous episodes, but uh, currently your girl is actually doing a research project here at U of G and... Um, I want to give a big shout out to my lab because uh, shout out to my first of all, shout out to my supervisor for allowing me to do this current project because I brought up an issue, brought up a research idea regarding chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE. You guys already know it affects a lot of athletes, specifically combat sports athletes. So I brought forward an idea regarding CTE and doing some things uh, on a molecular level to examine what actually goes on in CTE. Shout out to my supervisor once again. She agreed to take me on and I'm currently doing my research project with her. And the thing is, uh, for the current project, you have to do like a seminar presentation in front of faculty and fellow students. So I actually did that. I believe it was a Monday. feels like it was so long ago but anyway i did that and at the end of your seminar session obviously um we have these discussion sessions to just discuss your research and talk about the significance of it and this was really interesting and the moment i heard this question i said man i have to discuss this on tko because it's just so relevant i feel like i have to raise awareness of this not to just you guys tko nation but to the whole um world like the world of sports because i feel like we need to talk about this so one of the questions that i received after doing my seminar was 
why do you think that people still decide to do well in that case because i specifically discussed contact sports uh, like making people be more prone to developing cte and uh, traumatic brain injury in their lives but they asked me why would you think that people still want to do contact sports or in this case combat sports when they do know the detrimental consequences that goes along with it with regards to brain trauma and CTE, like the acquirement of CTE later on in life. And at first when I heard this question, I was so thrilled because this is, trust me, like you can call me weird, you can call me like a combat sports nerd, whatever you want to call me, I don't care because I, t- I think about this stuff all the time. So when I heard this question, I was thrilled to my very like my every single cell in my body was just so excited because this is a very important issue and like i said in that question session i really want to bring this up again today on the show and my answer to this question is that obviously psychologically speaking people have been always interested in contact sports and combat sports too because essentially yes combat sports could be a subcategory of contact sports and personally from like from a personal standpoint i can speak to the fact that i am a huge you guys already know like i'm a huge fan of contact sports and combat sports yet i actually care about some of these issues that go go along with the issues like traumatic brain injury excuse me brain injury and cte and i feel like the problem isn't necessarily that we should prevent people from playing sports like that just to prevent people from acquiring potential head trauma but what we do need to do is to develop better preventative effects so that we can Do more research on what is actually effective in reducing the symptoms that are often associated with brain trauma or CTE. We can do more research on those preventative substances or um, treatment regimens or what have you. And after we do that, well, that can obviously become more mainstream and more people can have access to it. It can be brought forward to um various leagues sports leagues athletic commissions and this can actually help a lot with some of the things that could be a very um you know dangerous consequence of you playing contact sports and you uh, having like being more prone to developing brain trauma in the future and i feel like if you are listening to this and you somehow you know are related to this issue like you're a researcher somehow or you're a scientist who's actually interested in doing something about the development of a treatment for cte and brain trauma that occurs after playing sports then please please do give this a serious thought because i feel like we need to develop we need to do more research on it we need to study and more actually understand what is going what is going on with brain trauma and cte and if there's a way that we can potentially prevent it using um uh, various uh, things in our diets or preventative measures uh, in whichever way that they may come in our life so this is if you ask me this right now if you have if you like the person asked me this a few days ago this was the exact same answer that i gave this will be my answer until the end of time until unless we develop a proper solution for this problem until we come up with the proper preventative substance 
or just way of, um, of um, reducing some of the symptoms that we get with brain trauma and CTE in these individuals. So again, please, please don't take this as, oh, you should stop playing sports. No, you should play sports, but we just need to do more. We just need to work so much harder to come up with actual treatment regimens for these conditions. And uh, actually, if, and well, not really a fun fact, but just to give you some awareness as to where we are with our research, current state of research on brain trauma and CTE, well, uh, there is no definitive cure for CTE, that is for sure. And that's a very bitter fact. So hopefully this will just raise more awareness of where we are again at this um, um, at, uh, like regarding the current state of research on the issue and what sort of things we can do to improve what we have. So again, I just wanted to bring this forward um, today on our episode because I feel like it's a very important issue and um, it just needs more attention. And um, if we can come up with preventative substances or just treatment plans, then that can help a lot of people. And uh, when I was doing my background research for my current project, I came across so many familiar cases of former contact sports athletes. I actually specifically came across this, uh, the case of a former professional wrestler who used to uh, fight or I guess um, do matches for the WWE. And I, I was like, this name sounds so familiar. And the next thing you know, I just remember that this person even had like a recent fight with Brock Lesnar, but nonetheless, because of the severe neurodegeneration that they were experiencing as a result of excessive brain trauma and CTE, unfortunately, they had committed suicide and they're not with us anymore. But it was just so sad to see how many people were lost to brain trauma cases, specifically CTE. And also another fun fact for you guys, 99% of all professional, uh, of all NFL players, so professional football players, according to this um, um, uh, statistical um, longitudinal, uh, longitudinal analysis that was done, 99% of NFL players could be diagnosed with CTE postmortem. So uh, again, just to make, just to talk about some serious things today on the show, you know, I just want to give you guys that information because I feel like a lot of people don't know. And if they, if you don't know what you're dealing with, if you are somehow a contact sports athlete and you do experience minor brain trauma and you don't do anything about it or you do receive brain trauma and you bring it forward to people above you like your coaches and they don't do anything about it, well, just if you're listening to this, I just want you to be educated a little bit more I hope what I said what we said today on the show helped you a little bit more as to what what sort of things you can keep an eye out for when you do go through these conditions so yes I just want to keep it there now but um, overall it was a very fun uh, seminar session and I really did enjoy talking about um, what sort of things we can do to prevent CTE from happening potentially in the future and uh, as you guys can imagine I was so I was so excited when people were asking these specific questions because I was like listen I can talk about this for a whole podcast episode like this is just so exciting to talk about but obviously I didn't because I didn't want to um, talk about TKO like I wouldn't make it into a TKO session because this is what we're doing right now I just reserved it for this very moment anyway 
So that's what happened for me uh, once again. Uh, today's going to be a very exciting day because we have a lot of exciting headlines to talk about, y'all. Although we don't really have a specific fight to break down for you guys today. But um, on December 7th, we actually have two main, uh, two major fight cards happening. So one is, of course, for heavyweight boxing, which is going to be a championship fight between the current WBO, WBA, IBF, and IBO heavyweight championship champion of the world Andy Ruiz Jr. and the former uh, champion Anthony Joshua's and this is this is really interesting because Joshua the if you asked me um, a few months back things would have been exactly the opposite because Anthony Joshua had held all of these titles and Andy Ruiz Jr. was the biggest underdog possible and now it's just so surreal that we're talking about the two of them for a, for a rematch that is happening on December 7th but the table has turned so much and um, now Anthony Joshua needs to prove to the world why he deserved to be called the champion for so long and the fact that oh he made a mistake in the first fight and now he's just trying to reclaim his throne or we can also think of it another way as for and Andy Ruiz Jr. Because a lot of people, when he won that first fight against Joshua, a lot of people were doubting him. They were like, okay, well, it was probably a fluke and he's probably not as good as we saw him on fight nights, which I totally disagree with. But uh, again, uh, it's a very important fight for both of them. Both guys have something to prove for, like I said, Andy Ruiz Jr. to prove to the world that this is the real him. And that the first win that he had was not due to a fluke. And that he deserves to be, be the champion. And for Joshua, for him, uh, if given that he wins this fight, then he can prove to the world that no, I have always been the champion. I have the heart of a champion. And what happened before, you know, it's all in the past. Now I am here to get back all of my championship belts so that is happening on december 7th but we also have another um mma fight nights happening for the ufc i believe alistair overeem uh the heavyweight veteran is uh fighting uh for this ufc fight night so again it's going to be one of those nights you know because you have to pull up probably have to pull up multiple screens to watch every fight that you want at the same time uh, but I'm personally really, really excited for this Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz rematch because who knows what's going to happen. Well, actually, and speaking of that, because you guys already know the fight is supposed to be happening in Saudi Arabia. So I believe the fight will be happening during daytime for all of us living in the Eastern time zone. So make sure that you double check uh, the exact time that the pay-per-view event, like the main card actually starts at. But next week, like I said, because um, next week will be the actual fight week for these two fight cards. So next week, I'll, I'll just give you guys a, a bit more detail and uh, what you need to watch out for and when you need to turn on your TV to watch all of these fights. Okay, so there is that for next week. But this week, so uh, a lot has gone down. A lot of fights have been announced. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so I'm so excited to talk about this one because it was just announced uh, yesterday or two days ago. Uh, but it's very, very exciting. 
So ladies and gentlemen, please, please prepare yourself mentally, physically, however you want, because in the new year, in the year 2020, in April, uh, we're going to be seeing history uh, uh, being made by uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, the, <laughs> the undefeated Light, excuse me, lightweight champion at the UFC, who has been mauling over his opponents for the longest time. He is going to be fighting uh, the long-expected um, uh, opponent, uh, Tony Ferguson, who was supposed to be fighting him four times prior to this, but the fight, for whatever reason, did not happen, and um, people got injured, people missed weight, and so many things happened that that particular fight couldn't happen, but now it is supposed to happen once again. So Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson is scheduled for the April of the new year. And I'm personally so, so excited. And I'm sure the whole fight world is as well, because we always thought that Khabib was no one to be messed with, especially because of the unique style that he possesses when it comes to his wrestling and his striking too, but when he catches you with a shot and you're kind of wobbling around, then Khabib will definitely take you to the ground and and just maul you over with his um, hammer fist and ground and pound that are his main weapons for success. And so because of that, a lot of people are were saying that uh, Khabib is indeed invincible and uh, there's nobody out there that can actually beat him until we put our focus on someone like Tony Ferguson because Tony Ferguson is like no other opponent that Khabib has faced in the past at least in my opinion because Tony Ferguson first of all there is a few factors that play into this first of all Tony Ferguson is not the type of person that would have trash talking affect his mentality because he just has so much belief in himself and his um, style of fighting that he can go in there knowing that he's the biggest underdog in the whole world and still absolutely dominate over his opponent. So that's one big factor that I think is going to be really interesting for this upcoming fight. Another one is that his fighting style too is pretty unique. You don't really see a lot of fighters out there when they're in training camp do uh, things from like th traditional martial arts practice because Tony Ferguson I am 100% sure that he practices so there's this um I don't know how to call it but there's this um equipment that is from way back in the day and it's something that I've seen in movies and it's something that I've seen in Bruce Lee's book when he talked about training with his um, legendary trainer, Ip Man. And he like he even gave exercises to do on this um, Kung Fu paradigm um, wood thing. So the way it would work is that you would practice your drills and like the sort of strikes that you will, you would uh, throw towards your opponent on this. It's almost like a heavy bag, but it's like a wooden heavy bag. And you would practice on that. So Tony Ferguson actually uses this um, paradigm, I guess I should just call it. And I've never seen any other fighter, any MMA fighter use something like that. So that just uh, shows you that he cares about 
muscle memory a lot and he he really is a true believer of traditional martial arts and believes that he can dominate over his opponents through techniques like that and this is nothing new because he's shown those type of skills against previous opponents and it has been pretty successful for him and um, gave him a lot of advantage in most cases against his opponents so that is another thing that comes to mind when i think about how unique of a fighter tony ferguson is overall so yeah just overall i'm just so excited for this fight because on one hand you have the wrestling monster khabib and Arguably one of the greatest mixed martial artists of, of uh, the current era of martial arts. Like, there's no way they can argue with that. Because of the fact that Khabib is currently undefeated in his professional record. And the fact that he will probably, like, his name will go down in history if he keeps his record perfect and keeps putting on a great performance in his uh, against his opponents but at the same time like i said you have this unique person tony ferguson a person whose fighting style isn't like something that you've seen with other people he's not orthodox in any way at all so i feel like that's something that makes him really really exciting as a fighter and also because of the fact that he's not orthodox and he's not conventional with his style of fighting i feel like um you can never really predict what he's gonna do in a fight and so because of that i i really do believe that um, this fight will be the fight of the year next year and uh, hopefully fingers crossed if nobody gets injured nobody loses weight or nobody gets suspended or what have you i really do hope that this fight actually takes place and i'm really excited to see what actually happens and i'm uh, given that the fight actually happens perfectly and we are trying to break down this fight next year I really hope that I don't get biased towards either one of them because I'm a huge fan of both of these guys and I just hope that we keep an objective eye onto onto how we decide to break down that fight. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, man, overall, yes, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson to happen on April of 2020. So that, that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about. But another thing that I wanted to bring up today was uh, another news headline that was uh, regarding the potential fight between <laughs> the baddest, um, the, the, the holder. Okay, let's just put it this way. The holder of the BMF belt at the UFC, uh, Jorge Masvidal, again, one of my all-time favorites. Jorge Masvidal, I believe he called out Canelo Alvarez, who is the current four-division um, uh, champion in boxing. Uh, Canelo is definitely a superstar in boxing at the moment, especially when it comes to some of the lighter weight, di weight divisions and how he has, uh, through, through, through many years, he has come to completely dominate over all those weight divisions. So, Yes, Jorge Masvidal has officially called out uh, Canelo Alvarez for a boxing match because he just wants to prove to the world that he is indeed the baddest person in the world. Uh, but Canelo Alvarez has actually responded to that and he's saying that he has a lot of respect for Masvidal and he's saying that if he decides to cross over to MMA, then Masvidal will probably beat him really, really badly. But he's also saying that if Masvidal decides to indeed cross paths and come into 
um, the world of boxing, then that wouldn't necessarily be a good thing for him because he would be the one, Canelo meaning, would be the one who will be completely dominating over Jorge Masvidal. And he's saying that it's an attractive offer like business-wise, but he said that he didn't really, he wouldn't really see Jorge Masvidal as an actual challenge in this case, and he just left it there. I mean, overall, I feel like there is so many um, guys currently uh, in the world of MMA that can make a lot of success for themselves if they do decide to cross over to the world of boxing. Um, not necessarily for Jorge Masvidal, though, because I feel like Masvidal is a really, really well-rounded mixed martial artist. And things actually differ a little bit a little bit when you compare the boxing that you see in mixed martial arts to actual pure boxing that you see in a boxing match. So I I it's just gonna be a little bit tricky given that this will be uh, Jorge Masvidal's first ever boxing fight, like first ever professional boxing fight, because th things wouldn't be the same for him as they would in a normal MMA fight. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to actually either one of these guys. Even if Canelo decides to cross over to MMA, that that will be actually a worse decision because with MMA, you obviously have kicking, you know, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling. And if you are just a pure boxer, then you might not necessarily have all those previous skills. So regardless, I mean, yes, uh, in the eyes of the fans, like that would be a very, very... Um, uh, interesting and entertaining matchup but is it necessarily gonna serve either one of these guys well with regards to the way they demonstrate their skills on a worldwide stage not necessarily so let's just ponder on that fellow fans and just fantasize about what can actually happen if Masvidal were to fight Canelo Alvarez but to be honest, I, I really, again, don't think that it's going to happen. And that actually brings me to another major headline that I just thought of. I didn't really plan to talk about it. But now that we talked about boxing and crossing over to different combat sports, brings me to the fact that Mayweather, Floyd Money Mayweather, you guys already have heard this by now, but Mayweather has officially announced that he'll be coming back into the fighting world in 2020. And not only that, but sources have told us that Mayweather is going to be having two fights in the new year. And since we already talked about Canelo Alvarez and the fact that Floyd Money Mayweather and Canelo Alvarez fought way back in the day, I believe it was in 2013, and that was the only fight that they had. And at the time, Mayweather was at his prime, and the young Canelo was just starting out, and that was actually his only loss ever on his professional career, which makes all of us out here wonder if one of those fights that Mayweather had has promised to have in the new year has something to do with the rematch between him and Canelo Alvarez. And I feel like if we, at, at, first of all, let me just tell you this, it is possible to have this. And second of all, it is a very, very attractive rematch because this time around, I feel like Mayweather obviously is training all the time to stay in shape for potential fights and whatnot. But the thing is, he's not, um, he's, his performance is not what it was a few years ago. He's starting to, uh, his performance, not to imply that he's getting bad or anything, but I just feel like he's obviously not 
not at his prime anymore. And that's just going to make things a lot more interesting. In this case, given that he is going to get a rematch against Canelo Alvarez. Because now Canelo, he is the one who's completely at his prime. And just, man... You know what? I'm just not going to comment on this further, not just because we're out of time, but also just to say how exciting it will be to actually have this rematch between Canelo and Mayweather. So I'm just going to leave it there, and you guys can again ponder on that. And uh, if you have any thoughts on that, just holla at me on Twitter at jnon, um, j underscore non. And man... That was a lot to talk about, and I'm so excited that uh, I talked about a lot of these headlines because they're really, really exciting, and I'm just so excited for them. So, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys already know. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And you can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here, and this is TKO. Peace out.